The following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information about our church or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. seconds to move my Bible up and get to the scripture. We're looking at Romans chapter 4 verses 16 through 25. We're going to read that. Let me put on my my eyes. That it, is everyone there? Good to go. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the ones who share the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, he gave life to the dead and called into existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope, that he should be the father of many nations, as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith, when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words, but the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake only, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who was raised from the dead, Jesus, our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. We want to look at today, as we look at these verses, God has the power to keep his promise. I was reading an article by Forbes magazine on the internet, and it was about failed company brands. The article was about damaged company brands according to a recent poll by Gallup. A company brand promises to represent everything a company stands for. It is the unique statement of what a company offers, what separates it from its rivals, and what makes it worthy of company's consideration. Yet Gallup finds that only half of the customers believe that the companies they do business with always delivers what they promise. How about you? 
do you struggle with people who have broken promises to you? Do you have a spouse? Don't elbow them if you're still married to them. Did you have a spouse that broke a promise to you? Have you broken a promise? Has a company broken a promise to you? All these things make us scarce when it comes in our psyche to trusting people and finding people reliable and finding people we can rely on. What we are looking at in this text is that the creator isn't anything like us. He is very reliable. Our creator in the life of Abraham called him out of the Ur of the Chaldees, an idolater. His name was Abram at the time. He said, go to a land in which I will show you and I will bless you and through you all the earth will be blessed. That's Genesis chapter 12. Abram went to the land and Abram's main concern was, will Eliezer be my heir? Will Eliezer be the one I, this blessing flows through? God says, no, you shall have a son of your own. He said, look at the stars in the sky. Count the the sands that are on the shore. Can you count them? And at that moment, Genesis chapter 15, fast forward, round verse 4 through 6, it says, And Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now in this text right here, in the life of Abraham, we are fast forwarding from 86 years to 99 years, Genesis chapter 15. God appears to Abram again. He says, behold, I am God Almighty, El Shaddai, which means the mighty one, the all-powerful one. What he's trying to do here is recoup the covenant that he made with Abraham to remind him Do not consider time, do not associate time with my ability to fulfill in your life the promise that I made for you. A lot of times, even as believers, we, when we pray, when we read the word, when we are fasting, when we're asking God for something, if we're honest with ourselves, we put God on a timeline. God, we need you to do this. And the next words out of our mouth is now. Yes, there are times when God moves in a nowness. I was on the freeway in in Los Angeles, and I went from the number two lane, which is second left lane, to the number four lane, and I didn't do it the right way. A car cut me off. I stepped on my brakes, and my car started spinning 360 degrees. At that time, all I was able to do was call on Jesus. I needed him now. My car spun out. My driver's side door was facing a semi, which was about six feet from me. God answered a now-ness prayer. But if we're honest with ourselves, God, a lot of times, makes us wait. Oh, we don't like to wait. 
that gets in the core of the selfishness of our flesh when God makes us wait. And it got into Abraham and Sarah's life. If I can backtrack to when, when Abraham was 86, Sarah was like, um, let's throw some culture in this. Why don't you take my handmaiden Hagar and give us his son that God says he's going to give us? Don't ever bring culture into the kingdom. But culture is the work of the flesh. God only does things by the work of his spirit. You see, when God makes a promise, you're going to know God fulfilled the promise. God isn't like us to, to hold us hostage and say, you got to do it yourself. He isn't a do-it-yourself kind of person. Everything he does, he does it for his glory, but he does it for us, for our good. His grace that he gives us by his favor is sufficient to hold you in that time, that medium of waiting. If you are in a standpoint of waiting, trust God to continue to hold you because in that time of waiting, he's refining you and showing you the sufficiency of who he is greater than him just blessing you with the promise. So in this time where they bring culture into their relationship, Ishmael is born, a son of the efforts of man, son of the efforts of the flesh. When God appears to Abram when he's 99 years old, about to become 100, Abram, now being changed to Abraham, said, What's up? what about Israel? God says, I will bless Israel, but he's not the son of the promise. I cannot bless what the flesh does. That's of works. That's of the effort of you, not, of, not by my spirit. Let me drop this on you. We came into life by God's spirit. God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and we became a living being. God has to get the glory. As Christians, when we live our lives, how we live our lives has to be by the fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit is love. First, a love for God and allegiance to God, then a love for others. Let's get into the text and see. Justin brought us up to last week, talking about the transgression. Um, in verse 15, for the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. The law was given for us, really to sh for us not to boast, to make us not think that we could deliver ourselves. To be dependent upon God's promise, and that's what's going into verse 16. We are to depend upon what God has promised, how God promised to save us, how God promised to deliver us, how God promised to transform us and help us and give us what we do not have which we always try to prove that we have which is righteousness we always always try to prove to ourselves and to others how good we are be honest with yourself that's the first level of 
getting help is being honest where you are, remove the blinders of hypocrisy and declare your dependence upon the only one who can help you. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 16 also goes on and says, in order to promise, may we rest on grace and be guaranteed to all of his offspring. Do you not know the grace that God has given you is guaranteed? Not because of you, but because of him and because of the one whom he has sent. Think for a moment, what does guaranteed means to you? It means it's yours. It's unshakable. I know sometimes you're not on a solid foundation, but God's promise of grace to you, to, to those who live by faith, is guaranteed. God will give you grace. I don't know what you're facing right now, what you're dealing with right now, but God will give you grace to deal with it. Paul prayed three times, Lord, remove this from me. Lord, help me. Paul ended up saying, your grace is sufficient, which means you don't have to remove the thorn. I'm going to rejoice in you giving me the ability to endure this thorn because your grace, God's grace is God's favor. God looking upon you to say, I'm going to give you the strength to make it through. I'm going to help you overcome this issue that you're dealing with. I'm going to get you through this storm. I'm going to guide your life for my glory. I'm going to keep you. That's God's grace. It's unshakable. It's a solid rock you can depend on because God's grace comes through us through the filter of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why it's unshakable. That's why it's dependable. That's why we can depend upon God giving us grace. He hasn't left us as orphans. We must remember <laughs> Yahweh isn't a deal breaker. If we're going to see God's grace manifest in our life, if we're going to see the word of God become real to us, we got to realize Yahweh is not a deal breaker. He's not like man who manipulates circumstances and situations for his benefit to get to use you for his advancement. God cannot go any higher than he is. He sits above the cherubim. He doesn't need us. Yet he chose to pour himself out to us by grace. You have everything you need. When you believe God is not a deal breaker, you have everything you need. I don't know what you're facing right now. I have things I'm facing right now, but I'm trusting God's grace to get me through it. Not only am I trusting God's grace to get me through it, but what I'm facing would not keep me from being a conqueror because my victory is in Christ. And when you realize the end goal, your victory is in Christ, you already are delivered. You already have achieved more than you could ever know when you know the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look at, let's look at what God reminds Abram that he was going to be. Remember, Abram Name means exalted father. God comes along and says, your name should be Abraham. Father 
of a multitude of nations. It's just like God to double down on his promise. That reminds me, just popped in my head, when the prophet Elijah was dealing, competing against the prophet of Baal, and the prophets of Baal are crying out to their God to answer by fire if they only knew God is the consuming fire. They started cutting themselves and doing everything they could to manifest or make the miraculous happen. And Elijah starts taunting him. Maybe he's asleep. Call out louder. I'm going to keep it clean, PG. Maybe he's in the bathroom. Then it came time at 3 p.m., the, the normal time of giving a sacrifice, the normal time of acknowledging Yahweh, the normal time of bringing blood and putting it on the altar, and the normal times for the high priest to give God praise for him being their deliverer and bringing them out of Egypt. <laughs> Elijah says, it's my time now. Your time's up. He gets the sacrifice. Put some water on it. No, that's not enough. Put more water on it. No, that's not enough. Put more water on it. Then Elijah prays, and God consumes the sacrifice, the altar, and the ground around the altar. That's your God. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. His power works within us to do that which gives him glory, to do that which honors him. So Abram is looking at what God has done to him God has changed his name from Abram to Abraham. God has changed his wife's name from Sarai to Sarah. And he says, I'm bringing you back to ground zero. Your son will be through Sarah. That means Abraham... How many of you would be honest for two seconds to say that your marriage doesn't always stay in honeymoon mode? Your marriage does not always stay in honeymoon mode. Some marriages stay in the valley more than others. Some marriages have a, a better plateau depending on their ability to humble themselves and see themselves as one who serves their mate instead of trying to take from their mate what they need. They were so caught up in wanting to have a kid. I believe Sarah, Sarai and Abram. The last time you see them talking, she said, Sarai says, may God judge between you and I. That's not good. In today's vernacular, that means you sleep on the couch. They went from having a hot bedroom to shaking hands, doing fist bumps, and probably walking past one another going, what's up? 
their marriage probably was cold at this time. It was probably platonic friendship. Our marriages can become like that if we take each other for granted. Even if you both are Christians, if you're not seeking to glorify God, if you're not seeking to serve that person for their well-being, if you're only in it for yourself, you're not acting like Yahweh. You're becoming a deal breaker instead of a promise keeper. So Abram had to go back to his wife because Sarah's not in the text. So Abram had to go back to his wife and say, Sarah, I know the last words you said to me, may God's judge between me and thee. But guess what God told me? We gonna have a kid. The conversation probably didn't go well. I guarantee you it didn't go well. Because the Lord has to appear later on in chapter 18 in a relation in a meeting with the family of faith again. Abraham is in the tent. He sees them coming and Sarah's behind a curtain sneaking at the uh, conversation. They're not in the same page. They're, they're not trying to make things happen. You get what I'm saying? They're not trying to make things happen. They were in two separate rooms. And God says, I'm putting it down again. You're going to have a child. God likes getting the credit. Your marriage is working, give God the credit. Your kids know the Lord Jesus Christ, give God the credit. God is redeeming your marriage, give God the credit. God is providing for you in this tough economic circumstance, Give God the credit. As we, and Sarah laughs. So she didn't believe it when Abraham said it. Now she doesn't believe it when Yahweh says it. She says, I didn't laugh. Read the text when you get a chance in chapter 18. And the Lord, unlike Abram, the Lord is not taking our mess. You come to God with an attitude, he will nicely remind you, I'm God. I share my glory with no one. God nicely pointed out her error of sin or unbelief. But God was still patient with them. Because you know what they started doing? They started looking at themselves. They started looking at their dead body, not being able to do this, and God not giving up on them, telling them they are going to do this. So know what they have to do? <laughs> they got to have a prayer meeting. They do. They got to start believing that God, what God said is going to come true. And they, got, they cannot look at the circumstances in which they're facing. Same thing in your life. You got to have a prayer meeting either with yourself, your spouse, or your prayer group, that whatever you're facing... The deadness of that circumstance, you need the Holy Spirit to come in. 
You need the Holy Spirit to help you, deliver you, give you the faith. And you already got to believe that you already got the grace to get through it. Because why? Yahweh's not a deal breaker. If he said it, if God has spoken to you in his word, if God, I'm going to give you an example. One of the many times I was unemployed, didn't hit my timer. One of the many times I was unemployed, I was reading my Bible, and I was in Samuel, where Goliath was taunting the army of God for 40 days. The number 40 in the Bible is always a season of testing. And I was reading my Bible, and before then, every time I prayed, I was praying to a ceiling. I was, it wasn't breaking through. I could not feel a spiritual connection to the God who loves me, who God who provides me, for the God who protects me, for the God who has chosen me, who has called me out of darkness and put me into the kingdom of his beloved son. I wasn't getting a connection. And as I was reading Samuel, the pages, this is the only time it's happened. The pages literally, figuratively speaking, but they jumped off at me. It was like a flashlight hit that text, and I could see clearly that there was demonic opposition to me getting connected to God and me being blessed by God. And I started counting in the days I had been unemployed. It was coming up on 40 days. And I humbled myself. And I called on my God. In that text, David delivered Israel, but I know the son of David. His name is Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. He came through because he's not a deal breaker. He came through. My God isn't a deal breaker. See, for us to do everything God wants us to do, <laughs> it's got to be by his Holy Spirit only. Only God's Holy Spirit can bring life. So Sarah and Abraham had to depend upon God and not look at the finiteness of their flesh. So in hope, against hope, they found hope in Christ, in the God who would become Christ because no man has never seen God. In Genesis 17, Genesis 18, Genesis 12, Genesis 15, it was a pre-incarnate of the Lord Jesus Christ. What we call a theophanist. They saw God. He saw Jesus. They are synonymous in the Old Testament. So wherever you see the angel of the Lord, or whenever you see Yahweh showing up, it is Jesus before Jesus put on flesh. A little teaching lesson for you. Let's get to the, the end because I didn't do my timer and, and I want to be considerate. So Abram believed 
that what God said would be true. That he would be a father of a multitude. And he had to depend upon God to do this. He didn't look at his wife cross-eyed. He didn't, she didn't look at him cross-eyed. They both depended upon God. So married couples, those who are in ministry together, you got to be on the same page. If you're going to see the life and the power of God flowing through the ministry God called you to, you both have to be on the same page. You both have to be in one accord. That's why the Bible warns Christians not to be married to unbelievers because you cannot be on the same page. You cannot be on one accord. You will be, it is an opportunity in the marriage for the devil to bring division, especially when it comes to doing what God says, thus y'all shall do together as one. You got to be on the same page. You got to be in unity. Same thing with the body of Christ on earth. We have to be on the same page. We have been grafted into the promise of Abraham. I don't see any Jewish people in here. I don't see any yarmulkes in here. And I'm not trying to be racial, but if you were male and you were Jewish, you would have a young yarmulke most likely. That is the natural branch. We, were, we are Gentiles, a wild olive branch outside of the promise. But God gave the promise to Abram before he became Abraham so that that can include us who are the wild olive branch who are prone to worship idols who are bent toward worship idols who did not have the promise of redemption Israel has the promise of redemption Israel has the promise of Jerusalem being the city of the great king that's not any other nation But we are adopted sons of Abram. That means we have been grafted into the promise. And we rejoice in Yeshua because he is the great king who will one day sit upon the throne of David. That was the promise that the angel gave to Mary. God, by his spirit, gave a body to his son so that his son could keep the law and deliver us who are under the curse of the law from the power of the curse of the law so that we would not inherit for eternal life the wrath of God. Why did he do this, Herbert? He did this because he did not create hell for man but for the devil and his angels. You have a way out. You have an escape clause. You got through the Lord Jesus Christ a bailout plan if you choose to receive it. And you too can become a child of faith. You too can be grafted into the promises of Abraham. You too can inherit eternal life. You too can go from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's son. That's why Jesus died. That's why Paul is bringing up this text. Reason why God could declare before time Abraham as righteous because God knew what he was going to do in time. 
through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, you know what he said to them? Abraham delighted to see my day. I believe Abraham saw two days. He saw when he had to be a type, a prototype, when he took Isaac to the Mount of Moriah, he saw that day because he names that place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. We use that for providing our needs. Our most important need is to be redeemed, to be born again. Abraham was using it as God himself would provide himself. The second thing Abraham saw, and you can find this in Hebrews chapter 11 as I'm about to close. Abraham stayed a sojourner because he was looking for a building whose foundation was built by God. Believers, Jews and Gentiles, what are you living for? Not what are you living for, who are you living for? That's the right question. You should, we should be living for one purpose only, and that is to glorify Christ. And to do that, we must see what he has done. We must see, we must remember who he is, and most important, We must praise God for where he sits. He sits at the right hand of the Father. He is our high priest. He is our righteousness. He is our identity. Our nation has become fragmented by a group of people who are hurting and they feel disenfranchised and also by people who are taking advantage of them. The only people who can give salve to those who are hurting is those who have been redeemed, those who have been made alive. Everyone else is dead in their transgressions. Any organization that contradicts the word of God, any organization that tries to overturn a government which God has established, I don't matter which government it is, whether it's a tyrannical government, where it's a dictator, or it is a democracy, God has allowed them to be established for a point in time. And we are, as Christians, are called to bring light Love and show the lordship of Christ wherever we go. The Bible tells us in our hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord, that we might be able to give a witness to whoever asks us with gentleness and self-control. So we must say to the people who are caught up in an organization that does not represent God, that is truly Marxist, that is anti-God and anti-family, We must say to them, God loves you, and you are significant, and you do have value because you're created in the image of God. 
our purpose is from the ground up. A tree is not strong if it, a tree cannot stand if it doesn't have strong roots. Or a firm foundation. A house cannot stand unless it have a firm foundation. We have the best foundation there is. The Lord Jesus Christ. And we must tell the world, God is neither Democrat nor Republican. God is neither Black Lives Matter nor All Lives Matter organizations. God is for saving his creation because the wrath of God abideth upon all of mankind. I'm about to close because I definitely know I'm over time. I was in the military and one of the things in the military in boot camp, they used to all the time in boot camp make us march and they will point out any idiosyncrasy. If anyone messed up while we were marching, they would mash us, which means we would start doing push-ups. I must have done enough push-ups and planks to save my life. That's probably, I love working out, but I could take a hiatus if I wanted to and claim from, for six weeks, you kill me. I don't have to do any more workouts. But I know workout is good for you. But what they were trying to teach us, we have to be one. We have to be on one accord. If you're going to fight the enemy, you've got to be on the same page. And now this is to us, body of believers. One of my brothers asked me when I was going through my review as an elder, he said, why did you choose friendship? I said, Paraphrase, make it short. I told him because I'm a rebel. Because I like, I like, I am an aggressive kind of person. And I know what the word of God says. I know I'm going to spend eternity with you. So if I'm going to spend eternity with you, how come I can't spend time with you here? We as a body of believers should not be segregated. That's where I'm going with unity. Our philosophy has to be diverse in color and in gender under the banner of Christ. May God help us. May God keep us because we are all been given the promise that God will bless a multitude through the faith of Abraham and God took his dead body and by his spirit gave life. If we as Stono are going to impact the world, it's got to be by his spirit. Amen.